Klausi-Eisen, And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. And on a weekend when our friends across the border may have missed their chance at greatness in Crow Park, the Cork Miners took theirs and on today's show we'll be joined by Cork selector and former Castlehaven manager James McCarthy to chat through what was an amazing season for the Young Rebels. There was also success in the water at the World Rowing Championships in Austria where Skibbereen duo of Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy took gold in the lightweight men's double skulls. Later in the show we'll also look back at the weekend's senior club football action which included big wins for Island Rovers and Newstown. But Kieran, we have to start with the rowers. And in a few minutes we're going to hear from Fintan McCarthy. But Kieran. To steal the title of a soon-to-be-released book, <laughs> there is something in the water in Skibbereen. How on earth did it keep producing at this level? Now, you've literally written the book on this subject, so I'm hoping you have answers. It's just gold after gold, medal after medal yeah. for the Skibbereen rowers at these major events. It, it's incredible, Jack. I've said before, they're the gift that keeps on giving, you know, um, that's, let's say, Paul O'Donovan for a second. That's his fourth world gold in a row. It's just incredible. Like, he's the most successful Irish roar of all time. He's the greatest Irish roar of all time. He's 25. Yeah. Just just before you, you, you move on and expand on that point, I was listening to the Sunday paper review on Off the Ball on Sunday morning, as I always tend to do. Mm-hmm. And just Kieran Cunningham, Kieran Cunningham from the Irish Daily Star made reference to the fact that Paul O'Donovan is going about his business in such a way that he's entitled to be considered the greatest Irish sports person of all time based on his success the way he's going four mm-hmm. world gold medals four world gold, and uh, Olympic, Olympic silver, silver yeah. and a good chance at an Olympic medal again mm-hmm. next year so I know you just said he's only 25 so it's bizarre to even talk about a man that young in those sort of terms but he kind of has a point Kieran Cunningham I'm saying that he's in he's potentially in the conversation 100% um Paul O'Donovan is absolutely incredible on and off the water. He's like, as a roar, he has it all kind of physiologically, physically. He's he's almost perfect. Like he's the best lightweight scholar in the world. I don't that's an even open for for debate. But it's it's off the water. The man's mindset is just incredible. You really have to spend some time in his company to watch how he operates, even to observe him from a distance and up close. Like he's a very very unique sports person. Um, he, he's a man who's quite happy in silence, you know, but he just has that confidence and authority kind of, I know it's kind of a cliche, but he does carry an authority about him, you know, you know when he's in, in a room, you can feel when he's in a room, but he doesn't make it known that he's in that room, he's not going to kill you a conversation ever, you know, um, he likes to kind, of, to kind of sit back, but he's just, he's a rowing nut, kind of, what he doesn't know about rowing isn't, isn't worth kind of talking about, he's just absolutely incredible, and Skibbereen Rowing Club again. Skibbereen Rowing Club, Jack, had 10 rowers at the World Championships last week. Like, that's just, that's phenomenal, like, you know. Um, like I said, it's it's the gift that does keep on giving. Um, at the moment, now oh, we have Paul joined by Fintan McCarthy in, in, the, in the Irish lightweight double. And actually, just to explain what's going on here, because I saw online, um, especially at, during the World Rowing Championships, it's like some people don't realise what's happened 
that's happened to this boat um, because it's known as the O'Donovan brothers since 2016. It's been Paul and Gary in that Irish double for the last, since actually end of 2014. But what happened this year is Gary got injured start of the year, hurt his wrist while he was down in New Zealand training away. Um, that meant he was a small bit behind when he came back. Like He obviously wasn't training, he wasn't in the water, so he wasn't as sharp and as fit as he wanted to be and would have liked to have been. So when it came to the European Championships and to the national trials, I think it was late May, early June, Gary just wasn't where he probably needed to be. Finton and Paul just worked really, really well in the double and they were paired together in the double. They went to World Cup, World Run Cup 3 in Rotterdam, finished silver. Their second ever regatta together was the World Championships last week and they win gold. So it, um, it's an incredible story, incredible rise for Finton, Finton McCarthy, who's... Um, Ironically, it's two sets of brothers, Jack. You've Finton and Jake McCarthy from Skibbereen. You've Paul and Gary O'Donovan from Skibbereen. They're both from the same parish in Affadown. They both row at Skibbereen Rowing Club. It's, it's absolutely insane. It's phenomenal. Like, four of the best lightweight rowers in the country, and even the world, you could say. Like, they are. They're world class. You've four lads from the same parish, two sets of brothers, fighting for two seats in the one boat that's going to the Olympics. Um, it's incredible. It's and incredible. Uh, just to add some context to what we were speaking about at the beginning of this when we spoke about you wrote the book on this particular subject because you did happen you actually did announce that the book you have been working on for the last number of years will be due out in October and I guess you're hoping to try to drill down into what makes the Skibbereen Rowing Club the success and the phenomenon that it has been Exactly. Yeah. The book is in um, with Mercy or Press. It's due out next month, kind of mid to late October. It's called Something in the Water. And I think it's very apt because we're it's almost trying to find out what is in the water, what's made this, this rural rural club in this little pocket here in West Cork, what's made this club the success that it is. And, and it's it's been a juggernaut. It's the most successful Irish rowing club of all time. It's produced five Olympians to date and counting multiple world champions, European champions. The list goes on and on. So... Basically, the book is um, it's 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 the untold story of the club. It's how this club has conquered the world of rowing. So it's um, it's a lot of information and stories that people have never heard heard before. Some amazing characters um, from the likes of Dennis McCarthy, Nuala Lupton, obviously Dominic Casey is a big part of it. Um, Grania O'Donovan, Ross O'Donovan, Eleanor Lane, Dominic's wife, kind of. Um, I can go on and on and on and on. Like it's so, so many incredible, incredible characters that have all come together and they've worked so, so hard to kind of, um, well, not to kind of, to make this small little club that's in a field just out the road here from our office, not too far, only a couple of miles out the road. And it's on a, on a farmer's field that the club was, the clubhouse now exists, that they've made this club not only the talk of Irish rowing, but the talk of international rowing as well. Um, Dominic Casey was chatting to him yesterday, he, on, sorry, chatting to him on Monday, he called into the office after the World Rowing Championships in Austria and he was asked about the book over in Austria. Kind of, it shows up, well, it's good news travels fast, you know, but Skibbereen Rowing Club has that appeal. It's um, it's a national sports story that this like that this club is so successful and um, it's there's a lot more to come from the club. Yeah, really lot, I drive past the club on an almost daily basis and every time I'm in awe, I'm in awe because... Mm-hmm. You just drive past and it's it's kind of understated it's hidden away it's not on any of the main roads mm-hmm. like uh, you have to go on a back road to get to it you wouldn't pass it if you were on the way to Baltimore on the normal Baltimore road like so I can only imagine 
so I get excited by it without having much of a history of rowing. But mm-hmm. you can imagine how like hardcore rowing fans around the world they're dying to know what's going on. <laughs> what's happening? So yeah, kind of. So hopefully that we'll we we will give everyone what what they want, and we kind of we'll show them what what is in the water here in Skibbereen. Um, I've really 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 enjoyed it. Um, like I said on Twitter over the weekend, I've, I've met some incredible people. And part of this incredible club during this process and it's going on the best part of 18 months and just digging deep and like I said great characters great stories a lot of information that people have never heard before kind of um, just everything that makes this club so so unique so no kind of yeah it's exciting times yeah well that book will be out soon enough and we'll be sure to tell you where you can get it but it'll be all and in all good bookstores and some rubbish ones too, as the old gag goes. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll just move on from that for now because we have a brilliant chat coming up with Fintan McCarthy, who was in the boat with Paula Donovan mm-hmm. at the World Rowing Championships where they took home gold in the lightweight men's double skulls. And just before we do actually play the chat here, and I just want you to give the listeners a sense maybe of who Fintan is because we did have him and his brother mm-hmm. Jake on the podcast uh, going back a good few weeks now it was maybe in our second or third podcast so this is episode 30 so we may have new listeners now who didn't get a chance to hear that interview but if you haven't I would urge you to go back because I walked out of the room having yeah. spent 20 minutes in their company refreshed yeah. I felt like I was going to go and seize the day and just be have, have, have a great day so I'd encourage anyone to go back and listen to that but just for the people who haven't had a chance to yet Kieran, before we play the chat with Fintan maybe just give us a sense of who who he is um, Fintan is a twin Fintan and Jake I think Jake is the older of the twins but obviously not by much um, <laughs> it's very much like the Gary and Paul story there are two brothers who have rode kind of the whole way up together and Fintan and Jake have represented Ireland at the world well, Fintan's actually been on the world scene more than um, more than Jake um, Fintan started rowing first and he's I think he was 4 or 5 world under 23 rowing championships he was there um, Fintan and Jake were flying they were they really started coming the last couple of years they were flying this year and um, just so happens that Fintan has won his place in that Irish double with Gary. Um, two really nice young fellas. Fintan is is one of the one of the nice young fellas you'll ever meet. Um, I think the smile on his face since since last Saturday's A final, and uh, you can hear from the interview coming up. He hasn't stopped smiling since. Even talking to him, you can hear him smiling. You know, if, if you could ever hear a person smiling, this is the interview because he's trying to pinch himself. When he was in in this studio a couple of weeks, couple of months back. We asked him about um, about uh, is the Olympics a target? We asked both Fintan and Jake, and Fintan answered the question, and, and he was saying, "Oh, kind of sounds rather silly to say, but kind of it is a target." So from it sounding silly a couple of weeks back, and now fast forward to now, the start of September, and Fintan has helped qualify the Irish double for next year's Olympics. Like what a whirlwind couple of months for him! But um, again, it's off the back of a lot of hard work, a lot of talent, another product of Skibbereen Rowing Club under the tutelage of Dominic Casey who we just should not forget in this story, kind of as much as the Gary and Paul get all the plaudits and Fintan and all the other Skivery Noors get the plaudits, Dominic Casey is the rowing Ireland um, lightweight coach. He's overseen all the success. He's the man that brought, that helped bring Skivery Rowing Club, made him the most successful in the country. But he's he's taken that's, that recipe that he has, he's applied it to the Irish rowing setup, and he's made Ireland such a huge force in lightweight rowing. So he's a big part of the story too Jack okay well let's not bury the lead any further then let's hear from one half of the lightweight double skulls world rowing champions Fintan McCarthy 
Fintan, congratulations on your gold medal success with Paula Donovan in the Irish lightweight double at the World Championships last weekend. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks very much. Um, let's, let's get straight to it. Before we look at, at the A final itself, um, yourself and Paul secured Olympic qualification by winning your AB semi final. Um, talk mm. to you about that because you were yourself and Jake were in, in our studio there a couple of months back, um, Fintan. I remember I asked you a question about your Olympics and you answered kind of, it sounds rather silly, but the Olympics has to be a target. <laughs> target. And, and fast forward here a couple of months and you've had the Irish double qualify for the Olympics in Tokyo. Kind of, what, what, what was that like, first off? Yeah, um, see, we we were taking the gold all along anyway, so the semi-final was kind of just another step in getting to the final where we could fight for the medal. But um, so it wasn't it it wasn't really that we were just thinking, oh, you know, make the final and qualify the boat. It was just about getting through the rounds and getting to the final, but. I think once the semi was over, it kind of sunk in that, like that it had been qualified, and it's just been one of those things that you kind of imagined doing for so long. And yeah, it was a bit surreal after that, but yeah, it was brilliant. It was really good. Like when you qualified the board for the Olympics, Fenton, would you still have the A final to come and like that battle for medals? Would you ever sort of celebrate a tiny bit, kind of obviously just kind of give yourself a, a, a clap in the back, or is it straight away? focus on the A final. What's that like? Yeah, it's it's a bit hard to come down off off it all right, but um yeah, it, to be honest we had we just kind of allowed that half a day or so of everyone kind of saying well done and everyone being happy and then we knuckled down. We had a day of training and after the semi before the final so we just went out and you put the finishing touches on and got ready for the next day. Talk to you about this A final last Saturday morning because it was incredible. Yourself and Paul, you were sixth after 500 metres and you, you had left the Italians and Germans, I suppose. They, they had built up a bit of a lead. It was, it was a boat lead, I'd say, nearly. Um, but after that, team, absolutely incredible to watch. Fintan. What was it like in the boat, yourself and Paul, to kind of first if you pushed back up on the leaders and then you not only pushed up, but you just you flew past them? Yeah, well, um, the wind kind of changed for the day of our final. It had been flat cam all week and really nice conditions. Um, they were nice now for the final two, but it was a bit more of a headwind, so we knew the race would be a bit longer. And we like that because we really back our fitness. You know, we do so many miles in the, the winter and on camp and stuff that we were pleased with that because we knew we have a really good depth of fitness. So... I think everyone else tore off really hard, you know, and tried to get that margin because we came through in the middle during the semi two and at the end. So uh, they would have been worried of that. But yeah, I think maybe in the end, it, they kind of played into our hands a little bit because, uh, the, because the race was a bit longer, it kind of just gave us more time to come through. And everyone else was dying a bit more than us at the end, I think, so... It was. It kind of worked well that way. Yeah. What stage, Fintan, did you realise that you were in control of the race? Sorry. What stage did you realise that, that you were actually in control? That things were things were working out the way you wanted to. That your 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 plan was working out. Um, maybe not to the five hundred, but um, 
during the second and third 500s, I just saw that we were coming back and back and moving through. And by then, I was kind of confident that we could do it. So I just put the put the head down and pulled as hard as I could to the end. And that feeling afterwards when you crossed the finish line first, and I think you'd over well over two seconds to spare over Italy. What was that like? Those initial moments in the boat with Paul. When you did it sink in that that you were world champion? What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. I am. Um, I've just been saying to everyone that you imagine becoming a world champion for so long, and it's it's just a hundred times better than you ever thought it would be. Yeah, it was really special. I was getting a bit excited in the whole time. I mean, calm down a bit before we got into the split. But yeah, it was it was amazing. I I can just imagine that you haven't stopped smiling since Saturday morning. I can imagine all the smile in your yeah. face. You know, is it is it, is it almost kind of yeah. is it almost like you're trying to pinch yourself to realise that, that that this is real? That not only did you help qualify the board for the Olympics, but you are you're also now a world champion. Like you've joined a very exclusive and unique club. You know, kind of what's what's that like for you, Finton? Yeah, it's a bit unbelievable, really. I still I still don't think I'm that good, but I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I just can't really believe it. Still, it, it, it's been it's been a whirlwind couple of months for you because yourself and Jake, like I said, were into us in the studio, and that was back I think at the start of May. But then, um, obviously, we did Irish trials there, and you won the place in the boat with with mm. Paul. And um, what's the last couple of months been like? Because kind of like you've been rolling with Paul and training with Paul and stuff, and kind of you're you're getting to know each other better in terms of working in the boat together. Is it been a like I said a whirlwind couple of months, or what's it been like for you? Um, well, since since we started rowing together, it's pr- been pretty good from the start. Uh, Paul said before that as soon as we came together, we kind of had most of our speed mm-hmm. there already. Like we had a we had a good trial in I think it was June, just a, a few weeks after the Europeans. Uh, we had a good race there, so that why we raced Rotterdam together. Then Rotterdam was alright and then Gary obviously did really well in Rotterdam too so we had another trial after that which was a bit stressful but yeah I managed to make it through there again. We had a really good race in Cork that weekend too so we kind of knew that we were fast mm-hmm. and then we went to Spain for our pre-world camp and that was just about getting a bit fitter so that we could just put the speed to to good use, I suppose, and just work a bit more on the technique. And it worked worked out in the end. So talk, to, talk to me a bit about Paul, because Paul is absolutely phenomenal. Fit. And like, that was his fourth world goal in a row. The first, yeah. two, first two in the single, 2016-2017. Last year and this year, he's won world gold in the double. Like, this this man is an incredible roar. He's probably he's the best Irish roar of all time. What's it like to kind of okay. even even to tap into his knowledge and, and share the boat with him? Oh yeah, it's been it's been such a good summer. I've learned so much about just training and kind of handling myself and racing. And yeah, I've learned so much, and I can't wait to put it to use next year and see how much faster I can go. Um, you've no time to rest in your laurels, strengthen I suppose, kind of with the boat qualified for the Olympics next year kind of um, like we all know it's the boat that qualifies so the seats are still mm, kind of yeah. it's um, Ireland's left to put two rows in those seats for next year kind of and you will have competition for from Gary Gary and Jake and uh, whoever else wants to throw yeah. their hat into the ring so 
kind of it's just what is it just kind of keep a shoulder to the free now and battle on is it oh yeah we'll we're, we'll be back into training in the next couple of weeks and it'll be fierce i'd say for those <laughs> two seats but it's that's good too because yeah. you know everyone will be making sure they're at their very best and we've seen any combination of the four of us at our best can make finals and win world championships so it's really promising and it's a really good position to be in so yeah I think we're all really excited for next year just to see what we can do like you said there like my, my last question for you Fintan I suppose like Ireland and Skibbereen are so so lucky and blessed to have four top international class rowers and you yourself Jake Fintan and Gary so whatever four whatever two are in the Irish double for next year's Olympics it gives Ireland a, a great chance of doing very well Oh yeah, definitely. I think we'll all be we'll all be going for the gold. We know that we can do it. So yeah, it'll just be it'll just be our training hard and going for gold, I say. Great stuff. Come here. Enjoy the next couple of days and as, as you get used to being a, as you get used to being a world champion, Fintan. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll try. All right, thanks, Aaron. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. In Croke Park on Sunday, Kerry and Dublin drew in what was easily one of the best All-Ireland finals in recent memory, but it may not have been the best game played at Croke Park on the day. That's because the Cork Miners came out on top in a thrilling battle with Galway, with Bobby O'Dwyer's man, men eventually running out 3.20 to 3.14 winners after extra time. Kieran, you were at the game. Can you maybe give us an idea of what it was like, especially for those last few minutes? during normal time uh, incredible game incredible finish Jack it's very fitting that before the game that they played the Game of Thrones kind of team tube was played over Croke Park because this was a battle like you know this is a battle to take the throne and it was a it, it was a worthy battle because um, those, those, those last couple of minutes of normal time the scores were level I think it was 111-112 apiece going into normal time Galway got a point Cork replied back with a point 63rd minute Galway sub um, was it Niall or Nathan Cunningham blasted the ball to the net Cork were 60 seconds away from losing to Ireland a goal down. We're talking minors, 16, 17-year-olds. But this Cork team had the awareness and the composure to launch this quick-fire attack that caught Galway unawares. Because, I suppose Galway, I suppose our young fellas, they weren't cynical enough to kind of flood bodies back and kind of to try and stop this Cork attack. And it ended with Conor Corbett, Captain Fantastic, jinking his way past the goalkeeper and two defenders and slotting the ball home. Um, so you had each team scored 1-1 in injury time at the end of normal time. Scores were level, yet there was still one more Galway attack. They went up the other end of the field. Derek Cashman gave away a free over under the Cusack stand side. Um, so Tom, o- uh, Tom O'Callaghan for Galway. I think he'd got... Um, well, he finished with 10 points. I'm not sure how many points he had by that stage. He'd a free to win the All-Ireland. In fairness, to him, it was a difficult angle um, and it went just wide. So what an incredible finish to the game. Sent the game to extra time and then but Cork took over. Cork really took over in extra time. They hit one three without reply very early in the first half of extra time. Barry Rose, Rainer Donovan got the goal. That set them on their way and they were convincing winners then. So another All-Ireland success for the Cork footballers this year after all the doom and gloom at the mm-hmm. start of the year. So uh, you'd have to say all-round good season 
Good season with Cork football, like you said. All Ireland minor and under twenty champions. Seniors got to the Super Eights. Good, a lot better times for Cork football. And we're going to get James McCarthy's thoughts now on last Sunday. He was one of the selectors with the victorious Cork minor team. Congratulations on Cork's minor win last Sunday, James. Dramatic stuff. Dramatic stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, great experience. Great day out. Uh, not good for the heart, but I'd say if you watch it in telly or being there, it was an outstanding day. Um, for those who um, have been living on the moon the last couple of days and don't realise what happened, Cork beat Galway 3.20 to 3.14 in the All-Ireland Minor Final in Croke Park last Sunday. Um, absolutely dramatic injury time here. The game is level, I think it was 2.12, no, 1.12 apiece. Um, was it 1.12 or 2.12 apiece heading into... One twelve apiece heading, heading into injury time, four minutes of injury time, and what happened was just incredible. Um, Galway and Cork swap scores. Then sixty third minute, Galway sub Niall Cunningham blasted a goal to the net to put Galway three points up with sixty seconds to go. Um, and Cork looked in trouble. Then James, what was the feeling on the on the sideline? My chair got a belt of a shoe in here. That was the first thing. <laughs> well, look, you. you your straight reaction, oh, it's gone, but the mm-hmm. players didn't think that. Mm-hmm. So, s- superb reaction from Keane in goal. The ball was out before the, um, the Galway team could take up their places. And straight out to Mick O'Neill, broke it down to Hugh Murphy, straight into Corbett. Mm-hmm. One, the simple is that Corbett had a lot of work to do, mm-hmm. but took no better man to get it and clung it into Hill 16, no better feeling as well. The kind, of, the kind of quick thinking of, of, of the Cork Miners, we're talking about 16, 17-year-olds here, just after conceding a goal, 60 seconds left, the All-Ireland final slipping away. But like you said there, Keno Leary, the, the, kind of, the, the quick kick-out, Galway had no chance to funnel fellas back. Kind of, the fact that these Cork young fellas, they slowed the game down, but still were quick enough thinking to launch an attack. You know, it's, yeah, I know, it's brilliant, and, and that's leadership, which mm-hmm. these guys had it all year. You know, like we hadn't the best start to the year. Mm-hmm. Other young fellas could have thrown in the towel, but look, they got their just reward this year. You're on about, um, I suppose, before before I talk about uh, um, extra time, you just mentioned there about not a great start to the year. That's obviously the defeat to Kerry. It was a 16 points back in May. Um, but to be fair to this Cork team, James, you were missing a good few players that night. That wasn't the Cork team that we've seen since. No, I'd say there was... I suppose <clears throat> not sure now, but five starters. I'd say they weren't playing that night, mm-hmm. and five big players. Maybe someone could have played that night, but we didn't. We didn't. We didn't chance them because we were thinking the, the longer pitcher mm-hmm. and the changing of the the rules in Munster let us out into Munster after being beaten in the Munster final. But the big one was getting over Clare after getting a hammering against Kerry the first day. We had only six days to turn that around mm-hmm. and beat a good Clare team who are good. And we didn't play well on the night, but we showed absolutely brilliant attitude just mm-hmm. to get out of the result. And all year we haven't been mentioning Munster. It was to get these boys to crop back. Yeah. Which hasn't happened Cork football minor teams with years because of the way the structures were set up. Uh, you just mentioned there what happened in the last 30 seconds of that game. That happened to us below in Tralee last year. Mm-hmm. We got a goal to level it. We fell asleep. Kerry took a quick kick out went down and got a winning point mm-hmm. we lost that by one point maybe if those bunch of young fellas got a summer of football they might have done the same thing as these lads this year so it's 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 close close things but um, we got the rub of the green Sunday like you said the change to the Munster Minor Football Championship um, 
instead of one or two games like the last couple of years James the Cork Miners have had six games this year like in terms of the, the kind of development of, of these young fellas like that's what exposure they're getting to they, they've played they've played Kerry they've played Mayo they've played Galway they've played Monaghan they've played top teams they've beaten the Ulster champions they beat the Connacht champions kind of incredible exposure for them Yes and, and, and to, to play you could say nearly in two all-earned finals because there's a packed house for the semi-final mm-hmm. and a packed house again the last day now we wouldn't be at the start of the game but when that game was over the last day, Crow Park was full. Mm-hmm. And you just can't buy that experience. Uh, and this is where Cork football can drive on from. That hopefully we'll be in quarterfinals of all Ireland's. And look, you, you have to take it from there. We've all been, always been cribbing that we are we're being told we're the third, the fourth best team in Ireland. Maybe the second best team with the last four or five years. This year we got the chance to prove that. But again, the Crow Park experience, even from the first day, us as mentors and everything, we, we, we grew from that experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and the players must be doing the same. Because like. you definitely use that experience when it came to extra time last Sunday in the Ireland final against Galway. Reiner Donovan from Barry Row got a goal 30 second, 20 seconds into the first half of extra time, put you on your way, and you didn't look back after that, James. No, and, and again, Ryan is, is very unlucky that he's, he'd be starting nearly in any other county team. But with the abundance of um, forwards we have, we're, we're just trying to uh, work the, the panel better. And Ryan coming on the last three games have been outstanding. Mm-hmm. And again, he took his goal super. We've done that drill a good few times in training. And please God, it worked last Sunday. Like, even for him, and we we're kind of talking off, off air there, that he kind of, for a young fella, to hold his run, wait for Michael O'Neill to pass it in, pass it, in. it just shows that these young fellas, they're learning, kind of, they're getting better the whole time, they're improving. Yes, and, and again, not me as coach, but the, the overall coach here, the setup is, is brilliant. Bobby, the super setup put up, put around that team. But again, the vision of Mick O'Neill to keep the head, and he mm-hmm. hand passed that with the left hand across the square with maybe two men on him, while more fellas might be, you know, driving a hard shot against the goalie mm-hmm. and getting blocked down. So again, that did come from the training pitch, but so these lads, they soaked it up. They wouldn't be able to do that at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not from the coaching, maybe that helps, of course, but it's experience that the longer the year went on, the better the players got. Bobby O'Dwyer, the Cork Minor Manager, was telling us after like he's been involved and you've been involved with this group some under 14 up. But even in terms of this year, James, how much development have you seen from that first game against Kerry to how they won the game against Galway last Sunday? Oh, just unreal. You know, uh, I suppose the personnel we played, Kerry, we played as individuals. Mm-hmm. And our tackle count and stats and everything was way down. I think we doubled that before the semi-final was our highest tackle count. Now, that was the work rate of the forwards. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Conor Carbert got 1-7 the last day, but his tackle count would be unreal. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't do that in the first half to last day, but the second half and in the, in the extra time, we were well on top on all the, on those factors. What was it like when the final whistle went? Kind of it ends a 19-year waiting. 2000 was the last year Cork won the All-Ireland Minor title. Um, what was that like when the final whistle went? I saw the pictures after the celebrations. You really enjoyed it out there? Yeah, I suppose <laughs> relief more than anything. Um, and I suppose family and looking up to the crowd and your family mm-hmm. and friends. I suppose there are special moments for the players, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, to be the parents came down to the sideline there. They'll have those pictures and dreams and memories, especially for a lifetime. Like. Like you've achieved a lot in your, in your your football career. Where does that rank for you? you know, someone asked me that Sunday night, I suppose. Okay, to be easy to say it, uh, that's top. But yeah. I, 
I, I can't say I, I would say when you come to with your club is mm-hmm. special because that's with your neighbours and friends but this comes a very second close like. um, you mentioned Bobby Dwyer there and the kind of team he's put together can you talk to us a small bit about that because he's left no stone unturned to make sure preparations are as good as they can be yeah Bobby's been with this team four years now mm-hmm. um, at a development squad level first I met him four years ago for a cup of tea over in, in McCroom yeah. as part of my job recruiting um, development squad mentors and at the time Cork football wasn't in a great place and mm-hmm. not many people wanted to get involved but Bobby put his shoulders to the wheel and Bobby is an excellent man management mm-hmm. what I mean man management of the setup he has around him delegation every fella has a role and then the players working with the players and their parents mm-hmm. there's, he's second to none what I've learned about Bobby this year uh, can't wait to, to use it as the years go on but again, through his job as um, I suppose as a bank manager, he mm-hmm. brought those skills. Yeah. The day of just blowing a whistle, that day is gone. Like mm-hmm. so, to manage the whole setup and keep it a happy camp, and bringing different parts to the setup, mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. But like we had sixteen to eighteen people involved in that setup, Incredible. and every one of them are. If I went through every one of them, mm-hmm. they could nearly individually manage the team themselves or yeah. coach it because they have super experienced like, mm-hmm. at inter-county level and at um, club level so Bobby's at the top of the pyramid kind of pulling everything together kind of getting the best out of everyone yes like our selectors McKinnon played senior football for Cork great experience there Ollie mm-hmm. Rue mm-hmm. you couldn't more passionate men played mm-hmm. for Cork great men in the, in, all over the place at Boyce uh, our goalkeeping coaches selector as well um, Billy O'Connor played Cork minor this year then we went after James Masters got him in Yeah, he was helping me there with the powers again you can't buy that experience yeah. he went through all this with the captain of the last minor team they won it mm-hmm. so he was able to offer great advice mm-hmm. all the way down to our doctor uh, if I went through everyone but our doctor is Paul O'Keefe mm-hmm. he's manager of the Bars yeah. was manager of UCC when they beat Castle Aben in 2011 I got over that part of it <laughs> but like just have that yeah. experience all around you yeah. you can hop things off people mm-hmm. looking at the bigger picture so that's the All-Ireland minor title and All-Ireland under 20 title in the last couple of weeks have come back to Cork um, but the footballers getting to the Super 8s too and definite signs of improvement there throughout the championship the kind of the outlook is a lot more positive than it was let's say this time six months ago oh big time uh, I think I was above in Parky Keeve sometime in January Cork were after beating Clare were after beating Cork in football mm-hmm and I think they were facing relegation and we were looking at each other about where, where are we going yeah but Cork Seniors turned it around there yeah. mm-hmm. that gave momentum the 20s came behind that had a super monster tournament and we, what a great day out we had above in Port Leash like mm-hmm. um, and in Tullamore before that the day out in Tullamore we had when the under 20s were on before us yeah we were inside in the dressing room Cork were down before we went in mm-hmm. I stayed out to watch the last couple of minutes just to keep the time and everything. Came back in. Bobby was giving me a spiff inside. He stopped. He looked at me. And I said, Cork, we're after winning. And you could see the chest going out in the boys. Yeah. And we, we, we went out that day on the back of the under-20s winning gave me, mm-hmm. gave me a super performance. How do Cork build in this momentum now? Like I said, fabulous last couple of weeks. Good year for Cork football. But how, how do Cork build in this and kind of use momentum off this, momentum off this going into next year and the year after? Yeah, I suppose I hope they give these boys space. It's small, but anyway, mm-hmm. and, 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 and patience. Yeah. We must remember that these minor boys, especially, are only 
like Nash is only he'd be only 16 mm-hmm. next December Jesus. I think he's only three days away from being two more years as a minor Christ I think someone said he's the youngest player ever to win an all-Ireland minor medal that's no. Nash or Douglas Nash and Douglas yeah, yeah. Uh, Douglas yes so the under 20s are young as well remember mm-hmm. this is not under 21 yeah and Cork are putting in structures now at the moment mm-hmm. new strength and conditioning coaching so if they're looked after properly given time and space the, the amount of coaching that has gone on with the clubs and schools and everyone is involved mm-hmm. in this I think there's a bright future for Cork but patience I would I would be I would be saying they are. Probably the I mentioned after on Sunday, James, about Conor Coonan. He said since he's came on, is it project coordinator? Maybe I've got his role his role wrong there. But he said he's pulling all the different strands together as well. And he was kind of, I suppose, kind of lauding his input kind of and help so far this year. Like it's great to have fellas like Conor involved, isn't it? Kind of with his experience and know-how. Yeah. I, I, I'd say Conor might be blushing a bit now if we were trying on the plot. It's <laughs> but he, he's been at most of our training sessions since mm-hmm. he got his job. And like for that man to be walking around with all Ireland medals playing and managing, mm-hmm. that experience you just can't buy it again. Yeah. And you'd see him there after every training session talking to Bobby and might come over to me or mm-hmm. go over to Ali or someone asking questions or whatever, can I help? That's brilliant. And that is time dependent. Keith Rickon was in with us for nights. Yeah. You know? With Jimmy Barry Murphy and night mm-hmm. before we went to Dublin. And so, so all this experience, this is as you say, Cork football, the family is, is small, mm-hmm. but it is tight. And with Cork senior selectors in with us, brilliant, you know. And the stronger that family can get, get mentors again down in below it on the 14 level, yeah. coaching again, the future is bright. Like to Jimmy Barry Murphy coming in, so is that kind of motivational for the lads, you know, kind of use his experience, kind of even just impart some of his knowledge on these young fellas? Yeah, Jimmy spoke about his own experience. Mm-hmm. He used to be at most of our trainings, he used to be walking through CIT most nights, he'd stop for a chat. Mm-hmm. Superman, he talked about he playing in an all in the minor final. Mm-hmm. I think it was seventy one, and he passed him by. Yeah. So he was trying to explain to the boys, mm-hmm. you won't be defined by this game. Yeah. But don't let it pass you by. Mm-hmm. And I suppose maybe that thought came into Keen O'Leary's head. Yeah. At the last minute, and carved it, and you know those words rang out. No, absolutely brilliant point to finish up on, James. Again, congratulations on the success last Sunday, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Now, Kieran, before we wrap up today's show, we've obviously got through a lot of what we can expect between the rowers and the minor footballers I'm sure there'll be plenty of coverage of both of those stories but uh, what else can we expect in this week's paper um, this time of the year Jack it's very busy GA wise um, fantastic wins last weekend for Island Rovers and Newcastle in the senior football championship so we have full page reports on those a lot of a lot a lot more GA going on besides that um, also the Carby Junior A hurling final between Kilbury and Ballinascarty is on this Sunday so we have a preview of that as well as a preview of the Junior B Hurling Championship final between Bantry Blues and Kilbritton. Kilbritton got the better of O'Donovan Rasa on Monday night in the semi-final and Jack's beside me here shaking his head. Um, 
Along with that, we what else have we? Era Ogan can sail had um, different fortunes in the County Ladies Senior Football Championship. Era Og are through to the semi-final where they will renew acquaintances with West Cork again in a couple of weeks. That will be a battle to to, to watch. Um, can sail lost the St. Val's, but they'll go into the B Championship now and they'll be favourites for that. In the southeast, um, the southeast and mid Cork Junior hurling finals were on as well, so we have full page coverage of those games. Lots and lots and lots there, as well as Jack. The first round, the first weekend of the West Cork League kicked off the weekend just gone. Some some interesting results. Clannacilty Town got off to a good start, and looking down to the championship, Jack's Baltimore got off to a winning start. But a big worry for Jack is that they won without him. So if the Baltimore management are listening, my advice is do not change a winning team. <laughs> Oh, please God, no <laughs> listening, and I will be starting this weekend, but who knows? Who knows? I wouldn't begrudge them if I didn't, because I did ditch them for electric picnic this weekend, and they, they won, so... And the picnic was good? The picnic was excellent, yeah. I would, uh, I would, I would recommend it. Recommend it. At least go once, I'd say. Brilliant, brilliant. No, sounds good. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week, so if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify... YouTube, Acast, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the show. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.